morning church we are in our study of the book of first corinthians we've reached chapter 10 uh, i thank you for reading verses 31 to chapter 11 and verses 2 for all of you could uh, look into your bibles and turn with me it is my desire and let it be our prayer that the lord would speak to each and every one of us so that each of us would examine our lives in the light of what we hear from god's word this morning If you remember the last couple of months we've been talking about Christian liberty according to what apostle Paul has been teaching in the book of 1st Corinthians we are all free free because of what Christ has done for us and how you and I should use our freedom is what apostle Paul has been teaching through chapters that we've reached till chapter 10 apostle Paul is saying that because we have the freedom in Christ it does not mean that you and I can behave or do whatever we want the freedom that we have in the lord jesus christ needs to be used for our own and for the edification of others and not to be abused for our sinful desires now when you keep this topic of christian liberty in your mind it looks like in chapter 10 not looks like it is in chapter 10 verse 31 that apostle paul is closing his lecture on christian liberty He's closing all that he has been teaching so far about what Christian liberty actually means. And the closing few words is what we read, chapter 10 verse 31 and 32. Because now he's talking about a new topic in chapter 11 verses 3 onwards. And it is therefore so fitting as to how he closes his teachings on Christian liberty. How does he close? Let's look at chapter 10 verses 32. Uh, verses 31 he says so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of god when you and i use our christian liberty when you and i understand that we are free in the lord jesus christ because of all that we can do in the lord jesus because of the freedom that we have in christ let us do all that we do for god's glory and for god's glory alone You think about what we do as because we are free in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been talking about that over and over again. Look at chapter 6 and verses 12, please. Quickly turn with me to chapter 6 and verse 12. About freedom he says everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Even though I have the freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ, everything that I do is not necessarily beneficial. I will not be mastered by anything. I will be careful in how I use my Christian freedom. Look at chapter 10 and verse 23. He says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. So how can you and I understand how to use our Christian freedom? Let's keep verse 31 of chapter 10 in our mind. In all that we do, whenever you and I use our Christian freedom... our freedom in christ must be used for the glory of god in all that we do whether we eat whether we drink we do it all for the glory of god what do we really mean when we talk about the glory of god can we think about that i don't know if you noticed but in all the songs that we were singing today many a times we sang we praised god for god's glory right Can you just quickly think of some songs that we sing that talks about God's glory? Okay, I'll start. All heavens declare the glory of the risen Lord. Any other song that comes to our mind? 
to god be the glory for great things he has done i will glory in my redeemer one more song wow so many songs we have right it doesn't quickly come to my mind you ask of it sorry but what does it really mean brothers and sisters when we talk about the glory of god when we sing about the glory of god you know honestly speaking i actually do not have a definition for the glory of god because i don't think that god's glory can be explained you agree with me god's glory is not something that we can contain in our human words in our human minds it's not something that we could so easily stand at the pulpit and talk of and say this is exactly what god's glory means but when i was thinking about it i just wanted to ask all of us can we say could we describe god's glory to be his beauty yes in a way for us human beings to understand can we say that god's glory is an expression of his attributes of his character when we sing of the glory of god we indirectly mean we are talking of his beauty of who god actually is of what his character his attributes actually are are those the few words that are are our small feeble minds can wrap around when we want to describe what the glory of god actually means now to you and me this is what what the glory of god actually means think of the people in the old testament right because in the old testament whenever the glory of god is mentioned the people of israel would get scared you remember this one portion where the people of israel tell moses oh please tell god to go away because if his glory comes near us all of us will quickly die and think of how blessed you and i are when we sit in the presence of a holy god in the holies of holies and you and i can enjoy the beauty the glory of god himself remember as the scripture says right in psalm 19 verse 1 the heavens declare the glory of god the skies proclaim the works of his hands we also sing of this song we read this portion in psalm in isaiah chapter 6 verse 3 it says holy 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 is the lord almighty the whole earth is full of his his glory the beauty of god's character his attributes but you know glory of god is one thing and living for god's glory is another thing you agree with me right and while we sing songs where we proclaim about the glory of god as believers we also talk about living for god's glory right when we ask for prayer we also say pray brother for me that at every point of time i will live for god's for god's glory don't we say that we pray that this child that you have blessed us with where this child would grow that this child would live for the glory of god that this husband and wife would become a family that glorifies god that as a church that we as born again believers would be a community that together glorifies god now what does that mean if the glory of god talks of his beauty his character his attributes what does apostle paul mean when he says that all that we do we do for the glory of god think about that now if the glory of god talks of his beautiful character his attributes can we say living for god's glory means that we show the world that our god is indeed a beautiful god can we say it like that can we say that living for god's glory is you and i living christian lives so that people look at our god and they say because you have a beautiful character your god also possesses a beautiful character living for god's glory means that we honor him with our lives 
Living for God's glory means that we let the whole world know that if there is any beauty in me, that if there is any goodness in me, all my beauty, all my goodness comes from a God Almighty who is so glorious, worthy to be praised. Am I making sense? Yes or no? The glory of God is something that we often talk about. And living for God's glory is what Apostle Paul reminds us here in this portion of scripture. So that in all that we do, whether we eat, whether we drink, we do it all for the glory of God. So can I ask all of us a question? Are we living for God's glory today as Calvary Bible Fellowship? As born again believers, as brothers and sisters, as husbands and wives, as single men, as single women as evangelists, as elders, as teachers, all of us collectively, can I ask all of us, are we all living for God's glory this morning? Can we all consider our lives together? If anybody were to walk in to Calvary Bible Fellowship, would they look at us as a community and would they say that this is a church that indeed glorifies God in all that they actually do? How then can we live for God's glory? You and I might be thinking at this point of time. Apostle Paul pinpoints two things that you see in this portion of scriptures. As to how every believer must live for the glory of God. Please pay careful attention to what the word of God says. How as born again believers you and I can live for the glory of God. Number one. He says in chapter 11 verse 1, hold on to the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hold on to the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 11 verse 1, Apostle Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You know, brothers and sisters, can I simply encourage each and every one of us at all points of time, let us imitate Jesus Christ. Because when we imitate the Lord Jesus Christ, we give glory to God. You know, Apostle Paul, three times in this book, he talks about imitating. Can you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16? It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16, Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. He says, therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Why does he say that you have to imitate him? We understand in chapter 11 and verse 1 that we read right now. He says, imitate Follow me because I follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I read one more verse for us? Turn to me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. And I would just like to dwell on this verse. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, Be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children. Be imitators of God as dearly loved children. Why should you and I imitate God? Why should you and I imitate the Lord Jesus Christ? Because we are the children of God. And as dearly beloved children of God, we must imitate God. Because we, as His child, we are imitating Him because He is our Father. It is the duty of every child to imitate God, their Heavenly Father. Because you, you, you think about each and every one of us. When we were growing up, who did we imitate? We imitated our, our parents. That's why we as boys, I don't know if you've done this, but I remember when I was a small kid, I remember walking up to my cupboard and taking the cream and putting it on my face because I've seen my dad do that over and over again. I know I was not allowed to use the blade, so I would take a scale and I would shave. I imitate what my father used to do. And all born-again believers, 
who believe that God is their heavenly father must imitate their father and imitating God is what Christ himself did while he was in this world let's ask ourselves a simple question do i imitate Christ in everything that i do i imitate him because he is my heavenly father i imitate him because i am his child and every child must imitate what their parents tell him or her to do You remember how the gospel writer in the gospel of Matthew chapter 5 verse 48 you don't have to turn there there he says be perfect because your a little more louder be perfect because your your father in heaven is is perfect or in perfect we what we mean by that in brackets is be holy be mature simply because your father in heaven is also is also holy I like to read a verse from the gospels in relation to this turn with me to Luke chapter 6 and verse 36 This was really made me think. Luke chapter 6. Oh, can somebody read that verse for me? Verse 36. Luke chapter 6 and verse 36. That's a beautiful verse, right? It says be merciful because your father in heaven is is merciful. So do I show mercy to people that are there in my assembly, in my church, and when I behave with people, when I teach from the word of God, when I talk to people, Am I merciful in my attitude? Why? Because my father in heaven is also merciful. I take a moment and I look at my own life and I see how sinful I was and how how sinful I tend to be every single day and yet by God's great abundant mercy he forgives, he restores and he gives me the joy of my salvation. And then how merciful should I be to the community that I reach out to? Do you and I have the desire to give glory to God very simple let us at all points of time imitate his son the one and only the Lord Jesus Christ you know one way how you and I can glorify the Lord Jesus Christ is to imitate God's righteous son the Lord Jesus Christ because he imitated his father apostle paul points to the lord jesus and he says imitate me because what is there in christ is there in him and you and i must adopt that same character to follow all that christ followed while he was living in this world how can you and i glorify god number 1 at all points of time let us imitate the lord jesus christ number 2 quickly at all points of time not only do we imitate the lord jesus christ but we also point to the heavenly father You think of the Lord Jesus as a as the best example to be imitated while he lived in this world the Lord Jesus at all points of time in every event with every person that he met with to every person that he was teaching he always pointed to his heavenly father You remember as a young boy in the temple when his parents found him finally and then they came up to him and they said why did you do this to us and then the Lord Jesus Christ said didn't you know that I had to be in my in my father's business i don't think he was talking about carpentry the work that joseph was doing but i think that he was talking about the work of his father in heaven he always pointed to god the heavenly father and that is giving glory to god at all points of time whenever anybody said anything christ always gave glory and he always pointed to the heavenly father can we turn to the gospel of john chapter 17 and verses 1 the gospel of john chapter 17 and verses 1 you look at what the scripture says it says john 17 verses 1 after jesus said this he looked toward heaven and prayed father the time has come glorify your son that your son may glorify you 
glorify your son that your son may glorify you you know the lord jesus is asking his father oh lord refresh me as i will suffer resurrect me as i'm going to die and restore me to your glory because in all that i desire to do i want to give you the glory to give you the honor the desire of christ at all points of time was that god his father would be revealed through his death would be revealed through his burial and would be revealed through his resurrection and as born again believers we must at all points of time remember to point our lives to god the father to reveal him through what we do in this world so that those who are living in darkness will turn from darkness and return to his marvelous light we are the glory of god brothers and sisters and how we live for god's glory is by pointing everything that we go through to the glory of god in all that we do we say god is the one who allows me to do this god is the one who gives me the grace without god my life would not make any sense in this dark and wretched world and therefore we do not point people to ourselves but rather through our lives through our situations you and i point people to god the heavenly father because ultimately at the end of it all everybody should be tuned to the glory of god the gospel writer in the gospel of matthew he also says let your light shine among 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 men so that people may see your good works and praise your father who is in heaven ultimately it is god the heavenly father who should get the glory how can i live for the glory of god let's imitate the lord jesus christ in all that the lord jesus christ did how can we glorify god let us always at all points of time point to god the heavenly father number 3 now listen to me very carefully because this is what we can practically do how can we give glory to god let us at all points of time care for one another let us at all points of time care for one another you remember that this is exactly what jesus christ did how did jesus christ fulfill his life and give glory to god his, his heavenly father and his father in heaven because at all points of time he lived his life for others jesus himself had no time to spend in his own home at all points of time he was living his life for others and he lived his life for others and when he did so he was giving glory to god because jesus never thought of himself he never thought of his own needs he never thought of his own wants he never thought of what he had to eat where he would sleep all of these things were secondary because the primary will was to do the will of his father and the will of his heavenly father was for him to live his life for others that is the imitation of the lord jesus christ living his life for others Let me give you an example. Turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter four, and I like to read verse thirty-one and thirty-one onwards. The Gospel of John, chapter four, verse thirty-one onwards. What does he say there? He says, "Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something." But he said to them, "I have food to eat that you know nothing about." Then his disciples said to each other, "Could someone have brought him food?" My food said Jesus is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. The will of my father is to do his work and the work that his father had entrusted to him was to live his life for others. To live your life for others simply gives glory to God. Now while I say this can I bring your attention back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10? 
You know, in verse 31, Apostle Paul says, so whatever you do, please look into your Bibles. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, whatever you do, whether you eat or you drink, you live for the glory of God. How do we do that? Look at, look, you look at the next verse in verse 32. It says, do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greek or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. You see, this is the example of what we've been speaking right now. Apostle Paul says, one way how you and I can live for God's glory is if you and I use our life, the time that the Lord has given to us, the short span of time that whatever it may be, another one more year, another ten more years, as, the law, as long as the Lord gives me life and breath, I will live my life for God's glory. And how do I do that? By living for others that are there in my assembly. How do I do that? That verse is very clear. I will not become a stumbling block for anyone. I will not do anything to bring anybody down, but rather in my speech, through my message, through the way I, I deal with people, I will always be a person who tries to build up the character of my brothers and my sisters in church. That I would not look at my own, Apostle Paul says. I am not seeking my own good, but I am seeking the good of others. That even as I serve others, if there are those who have not yet accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, that through my ministry, through my service, through my love, through my act of mercy, they would understand the love of God, they would turn and they would come into a repentive relationship for the Lord Jesus Christ. Living for one another, looking out for the good of many, is also one way how you and I can live for the glory of God. So therefore, when you keep these things in your mind, can I again ask that same question that I just asked in the beginning of the sermon? Brothers and sisters, are we living for God's glory? Do we glorify God in all that we do? How do we know that? Let's ask ourselves, are we imitating the Lord Jesus Christ through our character, through our dealings? Do we point to God, the Heavenly Father, in all that we do? And do we live for the betterment of others who are coming to our local assembly? How many of us would be willing to take time to invest in the life of one another? Irrespective of our job, irrespective of our ministry, irrespective of all that I have to do with my studies as well. In, in spite of all those things, how many of us would love to invest in the life of others? Can I be very honest and ask, how many of us are doing that today in Calvary Bible Fellowship? That is what you and I should be doing on a daily, regular basis. Not that you and I give a check mark, but if you and I are investing in each other's life, that if we take better care of each other, there would be less people in church who feel lonely. Correct? There would be less people in church who know, who would not know what to do when they commit sin. When you and I make that effort to care for one another. In all that we do, you and I need to give glory to God in the way we live our Christian life. Can you turn with me to First Peter chapter four? First Peter chapter four and verses ten. Can somebody read that verse for me? First Peter chapter four and verses ten. Yes. Can somebody read it for me? First Peter chapter four and verses ten. Uh-huh. Okay. 
Okay. You know, born again believers must be diligent in using their spiritual gifts. And the spiritual gifts given to us is solely for the purpose of serving one another. God never gives us a spiritual gift so that I will edify myself. No, that is the abuse of spiritual gift. You're going to learn that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. But the spiritual gifts have been given to us so that we use our gift to grow, to help others grow in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I must spend time to understand what our giftings are in the Lord. What is the area in which the Lord is entrusted to me that I must concentrate in this church and use that gift to help each other grow. And when we do that, we will give glory to God. Again, let's ask ourselves that important question. Do I give glory to God? In all that I do, whether I eat or I drink or the way I live my life, do I give glory to God? How can you and I give glory to God? By imitating the Lord Jesus Christ. By always pointing to God the Heavenly Father and by living our life, not for ourselves, but for the edification of others. Brothers and sisters, just as we began the sermon this morning, if God's glory talks about His beauty, the beauty of His character, then living for God's glory, can we define that by saying that through my life, I let the whole world know that if there is any beauty in me, that beauty comes because I serve a God who is far greater, who is far more beautiful than anything else that is there in this world. I believe that is what it means by living for the glory of God. Number one, Apostle Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Number two, how else can you live for the glory of God? He says in verses two, hold on to the teachings. Hold on to the teachings. Look at chapter 11 and verses 2. He says, I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding on to the teachings just as I passed them to you. Just as I passed them to you. The teachings that Apostle Paul received was the teachings that he got from the Lord Jesus Christ. Hold on to the teachings just as I passed them to you. You look at chapter 11 and verse 23. Please look at chapter 11 and verse 23. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. His teachings come from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Look at chapter 15. Brothers and sisters, please turn your Bibles with me to chapter 15 and verses 3. It says, For what I received... I passed on to you as of first importance. All the teachings that Apostle Paul received, he received it from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And in chapter 11 and verses 2, he commends them. He praises them for remembering the teachings that he received from the Lord that he taught to the church believers. I praise you because you remember all of my teachings. The only problem was that they remember the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were falling behind in keeping the teachings of the Lord Jesus. And that is why Apostle Paul had to write this book. Because they remembered it and they failed to practice it. And that's the reason why he had to write this book. And brothers and sisters, another way how you and I can glorify God is to give glory to God, is to hold on to the teachings that you and I have received from Scripture. He received it from the Lord Jesus himself. I want to read a verse from the Gospels where Jesus talks about his own teachings. Turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 8. Quickly. The Gospel of John chapter 8. And I'd like to read verse 31 and 32. 
the gospel of john chapter 8 verse 31 and 32 you look at what he says he says to the jews who had believed him jesus said if you hold to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free you know jesus spoke about the message of repentance jesus spoke about the message of the coming kingdom and those who hear the message of the coming kingdom who repent of their sins they are the ones who are called the disciples of the lord jesus christ those who have received the message of repentance by believing in the coming kingdom when they believe in the lord jesus they will become born again and all who are born again will be free and free indeed In John's Gospel chapter 8 Jesus continues to say that the son is the one who will truly make you free. Brothers and sisters, can I just extend that invitation that the Lord Jesus had spoken of many years back in the Gospel of John to all of you sitting here right now? I want to tell you the exact same thing. Brothers and sisters, irrespective of whatever background you come from or what religious beliefs you might have, we as a church believe in one god the lord jesus christ who created this entire universe he was the one who came into this world to die for the sin of all of humanity so that if you believe in the repentance that comes from god if you open your heart and ask the lord jesus to come and live inside the bible says you will be saved the scripture very clearly teaches to those who call upon the lord to them he has given them the privilege to be called his holy children and only a child of god can become his disciple and only a disciple a child who has asked for the forgiveness of their sins who have truly repented can become truly free brothers and sisters those of us who have already accepted the lord jesus christ those of us who call ourselves the disciples of god when we come to the new testament and the teachings of apostle paul he says i praise god because you continue to hold on to the teachings of the lord jesus christ do we continue to hold on to his teachings do we continue to follow what is being mentioned in the scriptures do we learn what the bible teaches us on a regular daily basis and do we hold on to those teachings apostle paul commends the believers because they held on to the teachings because he received it from the lord jesus christ and he passed it along to them and he holds them in the standard of the teaching of god's word and he says are you still abiding by the teachings of scripture number 1 he received his instructions from the lord number 2 apostle paul is teaching about church doctrines you look at what he says in chapter 11 and verse 2 he says i praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the teachings you know he talks about the doctrines of our faith the basic biblical doctrines now let me explain this very clearly remember how just a while back i was telling you it's like he's closing his lecture on christian liberty and while he closes his lecture on christian liberty he's beginning a new section from chapter 11 all the way to chapter 16 where he talks about the doctrines of the church and he says these are the doctrines that i have taught you these are the doctrines that you need to hold on that you need to still believe in that you still need to preach in whenever you come together as an assembly of god you look at chapter 11 he talks about the priority in worship how men and women are supposed to behave and as the time goes if the coming of the lord tarries we're going to study these these things these are important doct- uh, doctrines of our church you look at chapter 12 
He talks about spiritual gifts. You look at chapter 14, the abuse of spiritual gifts. And the attitude that you and I need to have is chapter 13, the attitude of love. You look at chapter 15, the doctrine of resurrection, which is one of the most important doctrines in our Christian faith. And then he talks about in chapter 16 about the collection. Why is it that you and, uh, you and I collect the offering when we come on a Sunday? And how should you and I use this collection? But you think about all these things, brothers and sisters. Our worship, the use of our spiritual gifts, the attitude of our love, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the collection of the saints. All of these things, again, must be done for the glory of? Louder, for the glory of? For the glory of God. Why do you and I come to worship here? What we are going to study in chapter 11. We come here to worship because we want to give glory to, to God. And therefore, in order to give glory to God, men and women are supposed to behave in the way that God has entrusted us to behave. Not only in the church, but also at home. And if you and I abuse God's creation, God's headship, we can never give glory to God. You look at chapter 12. God has given us spiritual gifts to give glory to Him. So that you and I use our gifts and our talents and abilities for God's glory. Chapter 13. If you and I don't have an attitude of love with which we do anything in church, we are just like clanging cymbals. The only thing I succeed to do is to make noise. You look at chapter 15. If we don't go about and talk about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, then our faith is in it's in vain. There is no sense that our, religion, that, that our faith would make any, any sense to anybody that is there in this world. Even when you and I collect the offering, if you and I don't put the offering with an attitude to help the saints in their need, that also is not giving glory to God. In all that we do, Apostle Paul says, let us give glory to God. Let us hold on to the teachings of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul received his instructions from the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul teaches about the doctrines that are there in the church. Number three, and very quickly, Paul talks about the doctrines in regards to our faith. He says, hold on. Let me read a couple of verses to better illustrate what Apostle Paul is saying. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verses 13. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13. You look at what Apostle Paul says. He says, What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Whatever you have heard from me, keep it as your sound teaching with faith and love in the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, brothers and sisters, what we've received from Apostle Paul, who received from the Lord Jesus Christ, is what we call as sound teaching. It's what we call as doctrines of our church. And you and I need to spend time learning the doctrines of our church, but not only learning these doctrines, but to make sure that we hold on to these doctrines. Because fulfilling the teachings of scripture indirectly gives glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Another verse that Apostle Paul uses, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 15. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 15. He says, So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. 
whatever you and i have learned whatever you and i have heard from god's holy scriptures brothers and sisters let us hold on to those teachings and you know why we should hold on to the teachings of the of the scriptures you know why you and i should hold on to the doctrines because that is not the doctrine that the world believes in you and i know what was the law that was passed by the court a couple of days back how is it that you and i are going to go and deal with these issues how is it that you and i will be able to share the gospel with the people who think like that how is it that you and i can take scripture go up to them and tell them brother sister i love you even though i don't love your lifestyle i still love you because christ has told me to love you and because christ loves you and this is what the scripture says hold on to the teachings of god's holy word so that we take this word we go out and we share with the world that does not believe in the promises that is taught in god's holy word are we able to hold on to the teachings of scripture we should know the scripture first in order for us to be able to teach and hold on to these things in our personal christian lives I don't want to turn there but I'm sure we all know this verse John himself says right in his third epistle third John verse 4 it says nothing gives me greater joy than to know that my children are walking in okay I'll, I'll try that out again nothing gives me greater joy than to know that my children are walking in in truth nothing gives me greater joy than to know that my church that my children are still walking in in truth nothing will give us greater joy nothing will give our elders greater joy than to know that calvary bible fellowship is still walking in accordance to the truth of god's holy word and why should we walk in accordance to the truth accordance to the teachings of the of the word of god because it gives glory to god and what are these teachings that we need to hold on to like i said as time if the lord's coming tarries from chapter 11 onwards we're going to look at the various doctrines that the lord that the lord told apostle paul and what apostle paul instructed his church and what as a church you and i need to hold on to brothers and sisters can i ask each and every one of us to take the next few minutes to examine our own lives in the light of what we heard this morning Yes probably this is something we've heard so many times but it's good for us to refresh our memory over and over again simply put are you and I living for God's glory this morning can we examine the last one week the last one month can we just think about our own personal christian life and can i ask can we all ask ourselves as a man as a woman as a husband as a wife as a father as a mother as a single boy as a single girl as full time workers as those of us who are in our offices and all of us who are in our college in our in, in the midst of our friends our colleagues wherever the lord has placed me right now can i simply ask do i live for the glory of god in all that i have been doing have i been giving glory to god what does that mean well if the glory of god talks about his beauty living for his glory could simply mean that we let the whole world know that if there is any beauty in me that is only because there is beauty in the god in whom i believe but how can you and i live for the glory of god let us imitate the lord jesus christ let us at all points of time point to god the heavenly father because when we do that we give glory to god and at all points of time let us remember that i am placed here to live for the betterment of others and in all this that i do i will give glory to god 
We can also give glory to God by holding on to the teachings that we learn from the word of God. Why should we hold on to the teachings? Because it was Paul who received these teachings from Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, if you behold on to my teachings, you will be my disciples. And if you believe in me, only then can you become truly free. And if there is anybody still sitting here who has not yet asked the Lord Jesus to come into their life, brothers and sisters, can I remind you, in the light of what we studied today, that it is only the Lord Jesus who can make you truly free. And if you have the Lord Jesus, you will be free and free indeed. Can we all just close our eyes and bow our head just for a few minutes? Can we all just close our eyes and bow our heads? The only reason I ask you to close your eyes and bow your head is so that you will not be distracted by anything else that's happening in and around you. And as we sit in the light of what we've heard from God's holy word, can we just ask ourselves, O Lord, I I would like to glorify you in all that I do, Father. I know that I am a person who had fallen short of God's glory, born in sin, born in shame. And if, brothers and sisters, if we are struggling in our relationship with the Lord Jesus, can we take a minute to say, Oh Lord, I'm so sorry for the way I've lived my life. I've never realized that living for your glory means to tell the whole world that you are a beautiful God. And I would like to apologize, Oh God, for showing that you are ugly through my life. Would you please forgive me? Would you please restore my life? Brothers and sisters, if there is any of us struggling in our relationship, let's just take a few minutes to ask the Lord to forgive us and renew to us the joy of our salvation. My dear friend, if you're coming here for the first time or you've been been here a couple of times and you've heard the message of the gospel but you've never asked the Lord Jesus to come and live into your heart, can he encourage you to do that right now? Wherever you are seated, all you need to say is that, Oh Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you died on the cross for my sin. Would you please forgive me? Would you make me your child? Please stay back after the worship and talk to any one of us so that we can pray, help, and counsel you in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Before we pray and close, I just want to give you a few seconds. Whatever you want to pray and set things right with God, set it right with Him. Then we can pray and we can say Amen together. Father God, thank you Heavenly Father that you are such a beautiful God. As we often sing, you are truly beautiful beyond description. You're too marvelous for our words. We stand in awe of who you are. And Father, we thank you for reminding us from scripture, not fully, but to get a glimpse of what it means when we try to understand about the glory of God. Indeed, Lord, we pray that through our lives that we would be able to glorify you in all that we do. Lord, if there is anything in us that does not show that you are a beautiful God, we pray that you would remove it from us. And that at all points of time, in whatever we do, whether we eat, whether we drink, whether we talk to people, teach us to give you the glory. Teach us to imitate you, Lord Jesus Christ. Teach us to always point to the Heavenly Father and teach us to live our lives for one another. Father, teach us to hold on to the teachings of Scripture because you gave it to Paul. Paul taught it to the churches. And as a church, we want to be a community 
that holds that holds on to the teachings of the lord jesus christ father we thank you that there is always forgiveness at the cross and if there is any of my friends still sitting here who has not yet accepted you i pray that the work of the holy spirit would convict our friend to receiving you as their personal lord and savior and father if you are to come back today what a joy it would be for us to be reunited with you but for whatever reason known only to you if you choose to tarry for one more day one more week enable us all in the light of what we've heard to live for your glory thank you father for hearing our prayer in jesus christ's holy precious name we ask and we pray